for your people assembled here. We thank you, Lord, that this is a good day for miracles. And we thank you, Lord, that there are miracles coming and going at all times. We just need to extend our faith and jump into them. So we thank you, Lord, that you are the God of the miraculous, and we bless you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. How many of you have a need, and if it really happened right now, you say, boy, that's a miracle. Amen. Amen. Well, that's what we're going to believe God for today, and we're going to talk about miracles. Amen. Um, This is not a fashion faux pas. Folks, don't turn me into the fashion police, but we're going to cut this. This is our anointed prayer cloths for today. So after the meeting, if you need a piece of this, we'll cut it up and make sure everybody gets a piece that wants it. If you have people that you know that are sick, you can uh, put this prayer cloth on them. Just explain to them to believe for God's power to be on it, and God's power will heal and deliver and meet whatever that need is. So uh, don't run out after the meeting. We'll be able to let you have a piece of this. So praise God. So what is a miracle? I'll tell you what, how the Bible and the dictionary define it. A miracle is a perceptible interruption of the laws of nature. So really, in a miracle, God has set laws already in motion, and he interrupts those laws. Hmm? And he interrupts them for a good reason, because somebody is asking, and somebody has a need. And so a miracle is an interruption of the laws of nature, such that can be attempted to be explained by divine intervention, and is sometimes associated with a miracle worker. So there you have the two elements often that God needs. He needs his power to be ministered through someone. And therefore, a miracle will happen, or he will work the miracle. It is statistically unlikely for something like this to happen, but it is a beneficial event and often regarded as wonderful. So when we get together as believers, and I believe the early church did this, You know, the Bible says that they uh, gathered together daily. They went from house to house, breaking bread and fellowshipping, and they were under the apostles' doctrine every single day. Amen? Yeah, that's that's something to think about. Because when we get together as believers, what do we (laughs) We go to somebody's house? (laughs) How you doing? They talk about the real housewives of this, that, or the other place. huh? <laughs> I know y'all good saints don't do that stuff. <laughs> we working on talking about miracles, though, right? <laughs> but a miracle also is said to be a sign or a flag, something that gets people's attention. The word mira or miracle, this root word mira means to behold or to pay attention. Look at this is what that means. There was a Latin phrase that that really means talking about miracles. It's called mirabile dictu. So I don't want anybody Catholic to think we're going back to the <laughs> Latin mass. <laughs> what them two words right there, okay? Let me off the hook. But uh it really means talking about wonderful things or talking about the miraculous. And it is a a phrase, what they call an idiom that's been handed down throughout the ages that has that specific meaning. And the, the origin of the word really was around the time of the early church. So I believe this is a church term. 
where believers would get together and talk about the miraculous, and that's how they got miracles, just by sharing, exhorting, and talking about wonderful things. And that anointing that was transferred and that faith that was imparted to everybody. Remember, uh, Jesus, God said in the Old Testament to rehearse these signs and wonders in your children's ears. So, and hand these stories down from generation to generation. You know, not the stories about, oh, I was born on a farm and we had to walk 50 miles. It's good. You know, he's, don't talk about it. <laughs> you know, we all got some of that. Huh? As I come, I didn't finish school. I just went to the fourth grade because I could walk to the fifth. You know, that kind of stuff. I know what I'm talking about. Ain't and them get together, all the collard greens and all that kind of good stuff. And He said, don't talk about that. Rehearse his miraculous works in the ears of your children. Amen? So that when the family gets together for Christmas, or, or Thanksgiving, we can have something to talk about where we can encourage and exhort one another and we all leave out filled with the word of God and filled with faith. And so that was God's legacy that he wanted handed down from generation to generation and he encourages us to talk about miracles. So a miracle also is a beacon. A beacon is something that sheds light in a dark place. Sometimes when times are the darkest, you will find God will show off just so people will remember that he's still God. He does things after the counsel of his own will, but he also obeys his own laws, and that's the laws of faith. So you can get a miracle many different ways. Miracles come sovereignly by the hand of God, but we don't have to wait for his sovereignty. We can move the hand of God with our faith. So the elements necessary for a miracle really are the word and the spirit to come together. Hmm? The Bible says in Genesis, the earth was without form and void. Darkness covered the face of the earth, and then God showed out. He didn't like the looks of things. He says, too dark down here. Give me some light. And immediately the light showed up. Why? Because the spirit of God was hovering over the earth waiting See, the Holy Spirit hovers and waits for someone to mix their faith with the word of God so he can do a miracle. God is not stingy with his power. He's not stingy with wanting to do things for us. But it is up to us to believe and extend our faith so that we can receive what we need from God. Just mix your word, mix the word of God with your faith. And that miracle will come and land on your doorstep. The word miracle also means to accomplish something wonderful. Hmm? Something that's great and hard to be accomplished is a miracle. Something that is too high, unspeakable. A miracle is an illumination. God wants people to see what he can do. And so his, his power is, is made to be seen when a miracle happens. A miracle also means to distinguish or to take note or to mark something. Something is marked by miraculous power. If you are born again, you are a miracle. Huh? 
I remember when I was a new Christian, I know people, you know, sometimes will think that, you know, when I share my testimony and, and, uh, but I remember when I was a new Christian, I would just, I went to this Bible study and I would sit and watch these innocent looking little soccer moms talk about how they were swinging from the chandeliers every weekend and snorting this and smoking that and shooting this up and shooting that. And I say, that little sweet lady, she, you know, it's a miracle. When we behold a transformed life and know what that, that the devil made that person capable of before Jesus came in. So we are all walking miracles. So it's no big deal for you to believe God for any other miracle that you might need in your life. Because if you believe that he could forgive your sins and take you from debt to zero balance... In fact, you was in the in the black when he got you. He, you got baptized in the red, and he put you in the black finally. Huh? It's the truth. He, and it was immediate. The change was immediate. You didn't have to wait for your change to come, you know, as they used to say sometimes. You know, the change was immediate, and it was dramatic. And we began to show forth the glory of the Lord. We began to speak of God in a, a reverential way, in a respectful way, and desire the things of God. The old things we didn't want anymore. We, you know, just, oh, my goodness, I can't believe I even like that stuff, you know. I mean, that's how changed we are. And that in itself is a miracle. Don't hinder the miraculous in your life. Yield yourself to God. And miracles can happen all of the time. So the first miracle we we partake of as believers is a miracle of being born again. That's why Jesus put that term on that, because even the term makes you sit up and take notice. Nicodemus did. He said, born twice? How could that be? Even the term connotes a miracle, you see? And so then that opens the door for you to share with people what that really means. And he says you have to be born of spirit, born of the water and of the spirit of God in order to see his kingdom. So those of you who are born again, you're on the miracle road already. Stay on it. Don't get off and go back to doing things the natural way. Stay on the miracle road because there's much to see and do on this miracle road. So the word miracle is something to look at. It means this is something to look at. It's something to see. And it takes power to produce a miracle. That's something we have to get to appreciate and understand. And only God has miracle working power. So, you know, the devil can do false signs and wonders, lying signs and wonders, you know. In fact, I've really never seen any of his junk because I guess he stays so far away from believers. <laughs> they might beat me up over there. I ain't going. I ain't going up in there. But you know, the Bible says though. But but through dark power, you know, power of witchcraft, people can have illusions and have things that look like they're real and and can uh, deceive people. But if you stay in the light as he is in the light, you will not be deceived. And so don't be afraid to ask God for the things that you need because he's sovereign. He'll show up first. Uh, He won't let the devil come in and give you something false. He will always show up first. Amen. Because he's a sovereign God. Why should he take a number of wait in line for the devil to give him a turn? That don't even sound like that. That don't sound like me right there. You know, (laughs) you you and I would bogart the devil and wait in line for nothing. 
Uh, and so it, God will always show up first when you call him. He will show up first when you call him. Stay focused on him because that's where the miraculous will happen. So the power of God really is a dynamic and explosive power. One of the words you know in the Bible is dunamis, from which the word dynamite comes. And this dynamite fixes stuff. It doesn't bust stuff up. Uh, I think dynamite was the closest, or, or that word, uh, when they took the word uh, to form the word for dynamite, it was such a, an unpredictable power. That was the word they chose to describe it, the same root word that we use for God's miraculous power. But God's power brings back things into right order and right form according to the word. So it is an explosive power. It is uncontrollable by man. And this is why a lot of times religious people ain't real crazy about the things of God. Because in religion there's so much step and formula and procedure that some people just want to have it sound right to their mind before they will will get involved in it. And the minute they see somebody, you know, sweating and grabbing people and running around, they want to have no parts of it. That ain't dignified enough. I don't know if I really want to get involved in all that, you know. But just like Jesus, when he healed the blind man, what did he do? Uh, spit and made mud. Now, that would clear all the religious out. Uh, ew, uh, did you see what he did? Ew. I'm not going to that church no more. They spit on people. Huh? Uh, little Pharisees. Well, you won't get a miracle. Huh? Sometimes God has people do things like that to get rid of the unbelief in the place. Huh? Think about it. Huh? When Jesus had to raise that little girl from the dead, he put everybody out the house, all them unbelievers and mourners and people that got paid for crying and sitting in your living room floor and acting up. So it's good to get all the unbelief out of the picture. And that's what we do when we talk about miracles. We begin to put the word forth so that faith in the word can come. And then people can hear the word and believe what they hear. And that changes the atmosphere from one of unbelief to one of great faith. And so that's why we have praise and worship when we begin, to stir people's spirits, to get you express worship to God from your spirit, to charge the atmosphere with faith and with God's power, makes it easy for him to come in and do what he wants to do. So when we see miraculous power, we know that that is a meeting of the word mixed with faith, and God must honor faith in his word. When we were born again, that was the first miracle that we experienced because Jesus came into our hearts, and Jesus is and was a miracle worker. He still is a miracle worker. Where he works most is through you and me, his people. And so he wants to work miracles, and he wants to use us to do them. The Bible says Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Why? Because God was with him. Is God with you? He's with me. Amen. So we can go about healing people and doing good. Everything that is a result of God's power is good. 
when he said, let there be light, and there was light, he looked and saw that was good. Darkness is bad. Light is good. And so when he began to proclaim and began to declare, and the Spirit would mix with the Word of God, miracles would happen. Miracles always follow faith. And miracles always follow the Word. Miracles follow faith in God's Word. I have a friend that... ministered for us a couple times she's a prophetess and she reads a lot and and she was sharing that she was reading one time about a man who wrote plays and he had a he wasn't a christian but he had a fondness for writing plays about god and he decided that he was going to uh, do a play from one of the gospels and first he wasn't sure what which one he would do, but he decided on the book of Mark. And, you know, at the end of the book of Mark, it says, it tells us to go into all the world, and, and those who believe these signs will follow them in my name. And they said every single night without fail, somebody would come back and say a pain left, or they could see better or they were healed in some way. And these are not believers. But somebody is mixing their faith with the spoken word that is spoken. They said every single night somebody got healed. Off of a play, folks. So we in the church have no excuse. huh? See, I'll tell you what, what happens with us. We keep them out. We shut the door to God's power rather than invite it in. Because it is so easy to invite the power of God in. There's no reason that we shouldn't have miracles, signs, and wonders in every church every time we get together. The early church did. Amen? But miracles follow faith in God's word. So anybody can get a miracle by mixing faith with the word of God that fits or fixes a problem that you have. You've got to believe for that specific thing that fits your situation. Now, sometimes people are reluctant to ask God for specifically what they need. You know, we get that false humility. Well, you know, I, uh, you know, uh, 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 huh? That's why a lot of times Jesus would go up to a person that had some obvious thing wrong with them and ask them, what can I do for you? Huh? Because sometimes people will fool you. They'll, if they have an obvious, like somebody will sit in a wheelchair, and you come up there, and, you know, your, your first inclination is to get them up. And I think, I say, oh, I better find out. And they'll say, well, I want a financial blessing. And I'm thinking to myself, come on now. Bartimaeus had better faith than that. He knew that if he got his sight, he could have a financial blessing too, amen? He'd go back to work and claim the family fortune or something. And so you need to ask specifically for what it is that is wrong with you. If you know that you have a problem with, you want to put cigarettes down or you want to put whatever it is, I don't care what it is, that you know is a problem for you and you feel conviction of God that it needs to be dealt with, then you need to get rid of it. And you need to ask God specifically. And he will do a miracle and make sure that you get relief and freedom from that problem because God wants us well. He wants all of his people well. Jesus paid the price for our healing, folks. It's already paid for. Now, we can no more feel good about 
walking past God in these things, then, then you would, suppose I took $25,000 and bought you a ring or something, and you told me you didn't want it. Hmm? How do you think I'd feel about that? Good. <laughs> I would read myself. No, I won't. <laughs> I went at myself. Well, you know, we're like that, but God isn't. He's offended. If he's, he's given the life of his son, huh? the most precious thing to him, think about your children and how much you love them and how he, it pleased him to see his son give his life because it was a ransom for so many more of us. He didn't look too much at the seed. He looked at the harvest that it would come and would bring a blessing to humanity. So I believe God wants us to receive everything he has. The Bible says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? This is a great salvation he's given us. He's given us everything. And so as we talk about miracles today, I want you to extend your faith for whatever it is that you need because God certainly wants to answer every single need. So we're going to talk about how Jesus began his miracle ministry, and that's in John chapter 2. And they're at a wedding. They were invited. It says here, the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. Now, trust me, when a miracle worker comes to your house, your house won't be the same after they leave. And you need to turn them upside down and shake them for everything that they got while they're there. huh? <laughs> trust me. <laughs> Get it all. Verse 3, it says, and when they wanted wine or they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to them, they have no wine. Okay. So she, in the way that she is stating it, is presenting him with the problem. And doesn't the Bible tell us to cast our cares upon him because he cares for us? So she's following a Bible principle here. She says, it's not my problem, it's yours. They have no wine. Now Jesus is a high priest who ministers on our behalf. So whenever you confess what your problem or your situation is to him, he is obligated to come up with a solution for you, just like he did for his mama. It wasn't just because he was his mama. You know, that has something to do with it, but it was uh, an operation of miracles, setting up for a miracle here. And Jesus says, woman, what what have I to do with thee? My hour is not yet come. Now, here what Jesus is saying here is he ain't feeling it. Huh? He has never done a miracle before. Now, you'll hear preachers say stuff, well, well, she must have known he could do, he must know he didn't. The Bible says it's the first miracle he ever did. Huh? And we need to understand this. We have to be anointed to do these things. If you're going to go out and minister to people, make sure you're sent by God. You didn't just went, you are sent. Amen? And just because he lets you pray for your family or your children, it doesn't mean that you're supposed to go rent a building and put a sign up that says, Miracle Signs and Wonders. Huh? Well, I'm sorry if that hurt your feelings. That's too bad. But you don't want to be responsible for that kind of 
you know, if he really didn't tell you to do that, don't mess around like that. You know, respect God and his power. And when he, you know, most people who are anointed, you got to push him out the door. You know, <laughs> well, I know my cat's still living, but I don't know about people's, you know, I mean, that kind of thing when, <laughs> when the anointing really comes to you, you know, because you respect it. You know, you want to make sure that people know that they can trust when you say God is with you, that he is with you. So Jesus had never performed a miracle before, folks. And so it says here, <clears throat> he wasn't feeling it. He didn't think it was time. He didn't feel the anointing. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Now, she knew it's time, but he didn't. And this sometimes is something you will have to accept whenever you feel that you need something from God. You determine when the time is. It's up to you to decide when it's time. You got that? You're not waiting on God for anything. I'm going to say it again. You're not waiting on God for anything. You see right here, Jesus is saying, (laughs) I ain't feeling it. You know, whatever I'm supposed to feel. Now think about this. He's never done a miracle before. The Bible showed that where he, in in Luke chapter 4, He got up and read that scripture that day, said, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel, etc., etc., etc. So he was probably out preaching but never had a miracle. He started just like I did. Huh? I was preaching and I was faithful, but I hadn't had a miracle yet. And then God showed up one day and it was on. You understand what I'm saying? And so we all start the same way he did. Difference being, he had the spirit without measure. He wasn't insecure about who he was. Huh? Well, God, I don't know if they're going to let me pray for him because my nails is long. And I ain't cutting them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You got flesh to contend with. Huh? Or <laughs> whatever. You know, there's all these insecurities that we feel because we think it's about us. And we forget it's only about him. So if we could get us out of the way, well, man, we could really roll. But this was something Jesus did not have to contend with is that carnality that we have to. That's why he had the spirit without measure. He had unlimited power in God. And it was about to be unleashed in, of all places, a wedding. Well, let me ask you, where did your first miracle happen? Huh? It's always in some unlikely place. And if it hasn't yet, it will. It's always in the unlikely places. God's not going to get you an auditorium of 10,000 people and just get you started then. Man, we'd have to shoot you up to even get you out on the stage. You had to face that. My goodness. You better start with the dog, the cat, the goldfish. and You know, if the goldfish, you wake up and he belly up one day, you say, this is my chance. (laughs) This is my debut. Rise. You know, work that. You know, work that until, you know, you get that right. And then you move on up (laughs) to the crowds. But Jesus here is stalling because he's not feeling anointed. 
Now, I've done that. I've conversed with people, you know, how you doing? How <laughs> the mom? Waiting for the unction or word of knowledge, you know, to move into it. And that's all he's doing. He's the same thing we do, folks. Same thing we do. And so <coughs> Mary's telling these people she's setting it up already. Now, you'll notice who's got the faith in this situation. Right. He's saying, nope, my hour has not yet come. And she's thinking, you overdue. Huh? Mamas always think that way about their boy. I'm a boy. He could do that stuff. So she goes out on a limb with her faith. And she tells these servants, whatever he tells you to do, you do it. Huh? She knew the servants would have to participate in the miracle. Huh? They would serve the wine. Get it? So they had to get in there and cooperate. So she imparts her faith to them so that they won't gasp when he tells them because she knows it's going to be a mind blower, baby. Huh? Because that's what God does. He breaks tradition. He breaks whatever. He does whatever he needs to do to get that miracle to you folks. He could care less about, you know, like when Jesus would heal people, and the Pharisees, oh, well, you can't do that on the Sabbath day. Huh? He'll break all of that tradition. Uh, He could care less. He wants to help humanity. He wants to help people. And so she says, whatever he tells you to do, do it. Not many women would say that about their kids. (laughs) Uh, Well, yeah, well, he good on this, but no, you better not. Don't give him your money. No, he ain't going to bring your change back. Just give him exact change. Don't give him no 20 because he ain't bringing nothing You understand what I'm saying. Not many. So this is supernatural faith for a mother to say that about her kid. But she knows her faith is telling her that he can do this. And that's what your faith needs to tell you. That's the only thing your faith needs to tell you is God is able and he's willing. And you can have it whenever you want to. And so he says here, there was there was a set of six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews. So this was the wash water. This wasn't even the drinking water. Hello? <laughs> we don't know if they used it and poured it back in there. You know, I mean, I don't know. Let the dirt settle to the bottom, whatever. So Jesus takes the wash water. Uh And he said to them, fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw out now and give it to the governor of the feast. And they took it. Uh, He was finally feeling it. Uh Once her faith had moved enough people to cause that anointing to press in on him, he began to move. And that's the only thing that needs to move anybody is the anointing. It's like when we have these meetings, we wait and we teach until the anointing of God comes in and God says the people have heard enough, their faith is up to a level, well, now you can minister to them. You understand what I'm saying? Now, there are times when, when he'll stop the meeting and say to minister to certain people because they're ready. One individual could be ready and everybody else not. And he'll just have you stop and minister to that person. Huh? Or sometimes he'll just say, well, just pray for, I want you to pray for certain people with certain things right now. I'm ready to do this right now. 
And so you, but you'll have to obey that unction. See? And so that's all Jesus is doing here. And he said to him, verse 10, Every man at the beginning, the governor of the feast, <clears throat> draws the, the wine and he drinks it. And I'm sure the servants are ready to pass out or run out or something because they're looking at this wash water, which they have filled it up, and now they're pouring it out, and it's red. They don't know what it's red from, but they're just stunned, so I guess they decide to cooperate. And he says, every man at the beginning sets forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, that which is worse. But you have kept the good wine until now. So the miracle is better than the natural. The supernatural is better than the natural. For those of you who think that God can't do what the doctors can do, the supernatural is better than the natural. Hello? Just like when we we finish the meeting, we're going to have people extend your faith for your flu shot. And you're going to get it supernaturally. You know, they got so many flus out there now. And H-I-N-I, swine-I, and pig-I, and cow-I. Next year, it'll be something different. The devil's always got a new name for same old, same old. Huh? And so you're going to stand in faith that you're immune to that. Huh? Huh? And you're not going to get it. Your kids aren't going to bring it home and all this nonsense. It's not going to happen. So it says here, this was the best. The best was kept. The supernatural is always the best, folks. The touch of God is always better than the touch of of a natural anything. I don't care what it is. You know, God will give you a guarantee. He says, I will do it, period. You go to the doctor, you got to sign 15 forms. Well, there's no guarantee. That's why they call medicine a practice. You, the guinea pig. Huh? You know, nowadays you go buy cosmetics, it says not animal tested. No, because you the little animal that's going to get tested. They don't need no rats no, and rabbits no more. They got you. Email us and tell us how it's working. How's that mascara working for you? Huh? It's true. <laughs> they used to, to test that stuff on, you know, laboratory animals and some... Earth people went in there and didn't like the way that looked. So they said, well, you can't do that no more. So all the cosmetics and stuff, ain't none of this stuff tested, folks. They just put a lot of perfume in it to make you want to buy it. Huh? Huh? So welcome to the world of practice, folks. But God is not practicing. He know what he doing with you. Huh? You don't have no eight weeks of convalescence and 15 follow-up visits at $120 a pop. Uh Man, every time you go in there, cha-ching, 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 cha-ching. I'd rather get mine from the blood of Calvary. I'm telling you. I just as soon. uh, While you're reading your Bible, just go ahead and read you some healing scriptures. And hide them in your heart. 
so that God can be your friend in the day of trouble. Amen. And you could fight that off just with your own words. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you, you'll be feeling not not yourself. Huh? And I thought about it one time. I thought it was because I was getting older and I thought, I said, I've been having days of feeling not myself since I was two or three. You know, I mean, it's not yourself. It's not yourself. I don't care what age you are. And so I just decided I would just wake up every morning and say, Father, I thank you for divine health and healing, favor, prosperity, success, strength, renew my youth. Huh? I don't even want to go to a plastic surgeon. <laughs> huh? Yeah, poor Joan Rivers, her face looks like it's, you know, set in stone. It's just there. She can't move it. She can barely talk. And she makes fun of it herself. It's just there, honey. It's been whacked on so many times. Trust me, finding a scripture that tells you God will renew your youth like the eagles every day is much better than having to go under somebody's knife. After a while, you don't even know yourself. You come home and scare people. I don't like that. Huh? It's the truth. <laughs> so, okay, so that was Jesus' first miracle, and everybody will have one. Amen? Everybody that wants to do God's will will have a first miracle. So Mary was the one that provided the faith. Jesus was merely the person that was anointed that God would use, that the power would flow through. And that's what you need to know about yourself. Anytime God wants to use you in miracles and and praying for the sick, you are required to have the word hidden in your heart. Your faith has to be there. They just can't pull from somebody that's not there, you know. So your faith has to cooperate with it. But it will often be the faith of the person receiving that will have to work with that in order for the miracle to happen, for God to do a miracle. So we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 9 now and talk about another miracle that Jesus did. In Matthew chapter 9, in verse 18, it says, While he spoke these things unto them, Behold, there came a certain ruler and worshipped him, saying, My daughter is even now dead, but come and lay your hands on her, and she will live. Now, in one account of this story, this man comes up and requests prayer from Jesus while the girl is sick, while she is sick. Now, this is something that's very important for you to understand, that it is never too late to get your miracle. You know, this business of time where people get hung up in wondering about time and will God still do it? Well, if he ever was going to do it, he's going to do it now. You understand? When you can hold him to his word, time makes no difference to God. Huh? He's not the one living with the problem. Huh? Time is an issue to you, and you better believe you still got time. You understand what I'm saying? It's best for you if you believe there's always time. You know, people say, well, I got to get under the word. I don't have no time for that. Yeah, but you got time to run and wait in the doctor's office. Huh? Sit up there for three hours. They give you a 2 o'clock appointment at 6 before you get in there. 
and he running past you real fast? Huh? And you sit in that room, you go from the waiting room to the second waiting room. I don't know why they call that the examining room, because you got to wait in there too. Huh? <laughs> you got leg cramps in the waiting room, and then you <laughs> got cramps everywhere else on the second wait. But, you know, while you're waiting, speak the word to your body. Tell your body that you're healed by Jesus' stripes. Huh? Speak health to yourself. And when the doctor comes in, you say, you know what? I'm only here to get my healing confirmed. Huh? Let's run a little test and we'll get this all. Huh? <laughs> if you got to be up in there. But go to get a healing confirmed. Don't go looking for trouble because you will get some. Huh? So it says here, he says, come and lay your hand on her and she will live. Now this man's faith was had certain conditions on it and everybody's faith will the holy spirit will speak on the inside of you and instruct you the spirit of faith will tell you how it's going to happen this man believed that if jesus would come and lay hands on the girl then she would be healed so he set the conditions with his faith you got me this is like some of some people just, you know, well, I'm going to go and see what this healing meeting is about. Don't ever do that. Make up your mind you're going to get it when you get here. You're not coming to see nothing. Uh, it's really nothing to see, <laughs> to be honest with you. You're coming to receive. You're coming to receive. And so he says here, she, she's, uh, this, and while he's saying this, he's talking to Jesus, and there are all these people around him. Because everybody is drawn by that anointing, and everybody has a need. And he says here, Jesus arose and followed him. So while Jesus is on his way to go to this guy's house and pray for the, the girl, first he was said she was sick, and then later somebody came up to him and told him she had died already. And so he says, And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood 12 years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. Four, she said where? That's her spirit. That's her spirit talking to the spirit of faith. The spirit of faith set that up for her. The spirit, the Holy Spirit that lives in you knows everything about you. He knows how to get you to believe. And so between him helping you with what he knows about you, and you understanding to hear from him, he works out a deal with you for where your faith will be released for this to happen for you. You ever notice that the people that got their miracles just obeyed and went right to it? It's because he already knows what he can get you to do in order to get you to get your miracle. That's how badly God wants us well. He will cooperate with some of our little hang-ups and some of our little... You know, whatever we do. Some people just won't be any in. Huh? He'll let you go there if that's the condition you have set and he knows it's easier for him to get your faith to be released in something like that, he will accommodate you. Huh? Some people will go to Benny Hinn over and over and over and over again before they get their miracle because their faith needs to be built up so that they can receive. But if you've made up your mind, you're going to get it today. You'll get it today. 
See? So you need to always, when you come into a meeting where the presence of God is real, you need to make up your mind that you want it now. Why wait? What's the good in waiting? Hmm? I'm telling you, we wait for more things in God than we do in anything else. Huh? My poor late husband, I'll just tell y'all, I, he knew I couldn't wait. He had to hide everything from me. <laughs> I want it all now. Where is it? I don't care if it's not payday. Payday, forget it. Where is it? Where is it? Give me a credit card. Huh? <laughs> I would never, I never held back on that, brother. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> it was hard to get it, right, Pastor Shirley? They was praying for me all the time that I come through. Huh? But we don't wait on things we want from mere human beings. Why would we wait on something we want from God? Because he's more, he's even more, well, it's his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. He wants us to have everything that, that we desire. And he, he delights in that. So this woman with the issue of blood came up. She said within herself, if I can but touch his garment, I will be whole. So she made up her mind that she had to get there and touch the hem of his garment and she would be made whole. Now there's several reasons for this. One reason is that if she was what they called ceremonially unclean, and she probably was, she was not supposed to be out in company with people. So what she probably said was, I'm not going to walk up to him and ask him And the Holy Spirit let her do it. He helped her set the conditions. So I don't care if you if you think you don't have the money to get there, or you he'll help you to set the conditions based on what you he knows he can get you to do. So she wasn't the type who said, I can go up to Jesus and just talk to him because if the rabbis see me, they know I you know, I ain't been out for eighteen years. And so they know I'm not healed. How am I gonna get oh yeah. I can sneak up behind him, and I can just touch his hem, and I'll get it like that. And the spirit of faith saying, yeah, that's what we're going to do. And you know what? Yeah, that's what happened. Amen? Because the spirit of faith will not lie, cannot lie to you. And he helps you to set. All he wants you to do is make up your mind. You're sick and tired of being sick and tired. And he'll set the conditions for you, and he will work with you. So she actually sneaked up behind Jesus, and she says that within herself, she said, if I can touch him, I'll be made whole. And Jesus turned about when he saw her and said, daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith has made you whole, and the woman was made whole from that hour. Now, why did Jesus have to stop her and talk to her? He had to confirm what was done in her. See, from her not being allowed to go to church all those years, it was you, you were under a curse. If you had an issue of blood or you were bleeding, as a woman, you were considered to be ceremonially unclean. You were not allowed in the synagogue. You were not really allowed in certain kinds of company. You just weren't. And so instead of Jesus letting her go away thinking that she just felt something and it wasn't real, he confirmed it for her. He said, your faith did that for you. Your faith has made you whole. You got it. In other words, sister, you got it. I'm not like the rabbis. I'm not going to tell you don't come in here because you're ceremonially unclean. I'm going to take my faith and I'm going to mix it with yours and you'll get your miracle. 
So he had to confirm to her that she actually got it because she'd been locked out from it for so many years. And that's where it is sometimes for us. If we've suffered long with things, God will take us to our healing or a miracle in such a way that it is solid, it is confirmed, we're not worried it's going to come back again, we're not constantly in fear that, that we didn't get what we were supposed to get. We'll know that we know that we know that we have our miracle. And so Jesus is good about doing that with people. So when she touched the hem of his garment, she was made whole, and he let her know that. Now when... Can we be healed? This is always a problem for people. People, this time issue. So we need to deal with that some. In talking about miracles, we need to talk about what does it take? What sets the time for your miracle? You set the time, but there are some inner workings on the inside of the human being that have to be accomplished for that time to be set. Now, I can exhort you and I can stir you up, and, but if you turn a deaf ear to what I say and you don't believe, you're not going to receive inside of you the understanding and, the, and know that you have the permission to reach out and receive what God has for you. You have to mix it with faith. But there is a process that Jesus talked about that happens on the inside of people that we're going to talk about here. And it's in John chapter 12. Is that what I have? Yeah, John chapter 12. And in verse 40, he, he repeats a prophecy that Isaiah spoke about the nation of Israel. And we know that they were God's called out people, and God demonstrated who he was through the family of one man, and that was Abraham. These are all of his descendants. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Not Abraham, Isaac, and Ishmael. <laughs> That's why it's put that way. Because he, so that you can follow the line of people that were called out, the promised people who were called out to serve God. And so he says here, and he's talking about what Isaiah said in verse 39. Therefore they could not believe because Isaiah said, now this is what Isaiah said about them in unbelief. And this has to be undone before faith can come in your heart and you'll know it's time for something. He says in verse 40, he had blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts. And that's true about anybody who doesn't have God in them. It's not you and me. Our hearts are softened. We got a new heart. huh? Anybody who's having heart trouble can claim that. You have a new heart. Don't let the devil put that old heart stuff on you. Huh? I got a new heart, devil. The other scripture I like is your heart is fixed. Huh? <laughs> fixed any kind of way you want to define fixed. And people, well, I don't know if that's what that, that's what they meant. <laughs> you think it's broke, it's fixed. Huh? Your heart is fixed. Trusting in God. That word fixed, of course, means unmovable. Yeah, unmovable by disease, heart attack, clogged arteries, whatever they want to put on people. Huh? Where was I? Oh, yeah. So he has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts. It's not us. That they should not see with their eyes. Now, this is the process. So if you say, 
when God unblinds you, you are able to see with your eyes and hear with your ears and understand with your heart and be converted and you're healed. You get a miracle. So the process then of of getting your miracle is to hide faith in your heart so that you can see with your eyes, hear with your ears, understand with your heart, and be converted. And Jesus said, lest at any time I should heal them. Huh? At any time. Huh? He says this can happen at any time. So there is no set number of days for you to listen to the word, and then after those days are up, you get your healing. He said it could happen at any time. He said when your eyes come open, you see with your eyes, you hear with your ears, you understand with your heart, you're converted. It can happen in one meeting, and he'll heal you. And it often happens like that. People will come in in one condition, and after sitting and listening and being attentive to the word of God, and not being distracted and not thinking about what they're going to do afterwards and mind wandering. Huh? And then what Proverbs 4 tells us, it says, Attend, pay attention to my word. Give full attention to my word. Incline your ear to my saying. Let it not depart from your eyes and keep it in the midst. Keep it in the middle of your heart. Why? Because it will move out if you don't keep it there. <laughs> like a wandering man, you know. You don't keep them there. They move on out on, honey, I know. Listen, that's another sermon for another day, though. Uh, we, <laughs> we won't go there. <laughs> but I was able to keep them from moving out for 29 years of wedded bliss. I'm here to tell you. But you know the brothers get to looking funny and want to pack a little bit. Oh, you know, in the name of Jesus, you take that right back out of there and sit down and eat a chicken wing and be happy. That's right. That girl feeling me. Hello. <laughs> what was I talking about? All right. <laughs> about hiding the word in your heart. Because, you know, you can sit up and watch Oprah and get stupid. Huh? She'll be giving cars away and... People can't pay half the tax on that stuff. They got to give it back to the dealership. Huh? Whatever. And you get to daydreaming about prosperity, and you think you can just get it like that, and you don't have to sow seed or something. You get real goofed up watching stuff. So that's why God says, ah, stop it. Pay attention to my word. When the word is coming forth, you give it your full attention. Because he says at any time, You could be converted, and he will heal you. He can only heal when your mind is converted over to the mind of God. When you start thinking like God thinks all of the time, you're converted. And the devil can't talk you out of it. And I mean on anything. See, you might think you need uh, just healing scriptures and get converted and be healed. But you might have a problem with cheating on your taxes or, you know, getting angry at people for no reason or something. Like your mind's got to be converted so that you think like God in many areas. And then the healing, it's easy for the healing to come to you because you're not condemned about anything. You don't have any misgivings about anything. You don't have any doubts. 
Sin will put more doubt on you than any one thing. The reason God doesn't want you in sin is because, number one, it makes you stupid. Huh? Look at the sinners you know. Hmm? My significant other. Other what? Huh? You know, they leave it as other so it can be you, you and you wondering. What's your male, female, is this, you know, is they straight? Is they, you, you understand what they got you wondering all the time. I don't like that. Is it a husband? Is it a wife? You talk straight here. Ain't nobody. Give me that significant other stuff. Ain't no heaven turn. You know, come on, y'all. The world is full of confusion. And they're making up more terms for more goofy stuff every day. It's something different. My goodness. Everything's a hate crime now. And people been hating on each other forever. I said, all crime comes out of hatred. What's up with this? Now we got a special category. Is it any worse because somebody is a, a different sex or color or something like that? All of a sudden, now it's a hate crime. I think all crime is hateful myself. Come on, y'all. People crazy. Well, sin will make you crazy. Number one, the other thing is sin brings condemnation. You'll never get what you need from God if you're in sin. Your own conscience will keep you from receiving. Because you know you don't deserve it. The promises of God are for the righteous, folks. Let's get that straight. Now, I know y'all know that. That's Christianity 101. And all you have to do if you'd have messed up, the Bible says, if you confess it, he'll forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Well, I don't want to confess it because I might do it again. Well, he knows that. That's why he said keep confessing it. Maybe your tongue get dry. You get sick of saying it over again. You'll stop. My goodness. You think God ain't smart enough to stop your little fornicating, running around, and looking at your little porno things and all that little nonsense? Huh? He know how to stop all of that. He'll have uh, digital, whoever, dish network, or somebody turn you right off if that's what he needs to do. (laughs) Get you up there where you can't pay your cable bill. You'll stop it then. (laughs) you'll shock yourself how straight you are. (laughs) So you can be healed at any time. You can receive a miracle at any time because you can be converted at any time. This process that goes on in, in you can happen if you confess the word to yourself. You meditate on the word. If you just say scriptures over and over and over again in your mind, eventually they will sink in and that's all you believe. Huh? This is Holy Ghost brainwashing. You know, I know people, they, people say, well, what is, that's some kind of mind control. Yes, and you need it. Yeah. My goodness. Got to put some handle on everything. Yeah, I want God to control my mind. If he could just control my mind, I wouldn't get into half the trouble I get into. Why would you not want God to control your mind? Huh? You let your little boyfriends and girlfriends... Oh, baby, I love you. Hmm? You don't even have a right cell phone number. He got three of them and some chick paying all the bills. And you next. 
Well, baby, if you want to call me, you know, I'm going to have to get, you're going to have to get me a phone. Oh, I watch the people's court. I know what they're doing out there. How y'all doing? Huh? This is true. Brothers got four or five phones. They like them in different colors. So they, this is, this is Cindy. This is Mandy. This is Sue. This is, you know, different color for a different chick. Huh? <laughs> so you can be healed at any time. Keep listening to the word of God. Keep listening. Hmm? Keep listening. You know, the reason you have to talk about righteousness is because the world people in church listen to the world's rules all the time. And they're always getting convinced that certain things are okay. You know, a little bit of this, that's okay. You keep stepping closer and closer to stepping over the line. And you need to come back on your side of the line. Where righteousness is, where miracles are easy, you're not condemned. You know that God is going to do something for you because you've done everything you need to do to stand righteous before him. And that's just living right. Own it up to your wrong, promising not to do it 50 more times until you get just tired of saying, you know what, I'm tired of confessing. God, maybe I'll just quit. And that's the time you're converted. Okay? When you're convinced that God is worth serving and serving right, that's when you're converted. See, we used to talk about new believers as converts, but this, this stuff about conversion goes on over and over throughout your entire life with God. You're converted to the truth of the gospel and you're born again. But you'll be converted, your soul will have to be converted to the truth of many truths in God about divine health and healing, about your authority over all the works of darkness, all of those things, you will ha- your mind will have to be convinced and come in line with the mind of God so that you think like God about these things. So that when the enemy comes and does things, you don't have to ask 15 people, you think that's the devil? Huh? You'll say, Satan, put my stuff down. I mean now. You know, he'll try to slow poke around and want to hold on to it for another week or so. No, I mean now. I mean now. Put it it down. Jesus' name. And just go on about your business. And so we have to understand that a converted soul thinks like God about everything. So there will be some things and challenges that you will have, but you can see with your eyes, hear with your ears, understand with your heart, be converted. And then he'll heal you in that area. He'll heal your body. He'll heal your mind. He'll heal your emotions. He'll heal your thought life. He'll heal your finances. He'll heal everything. Amen? So he will do it. We're going to talk about financial miracle in Matthew chapter 17. And this one's a good one because question people have to ask if i pray and ask god for something how long will it take for me to get it all these time issues in matthew chapter which did i say 17 verse 24 and when they were come to capernaum they that had received tribute money came to peter and says 
does not your master pay tribute or taxes? So when you would go to uh, these little seaport towns, if there were different communities and so forth and so on, there was a toll to pay or a tax to pay. And so they're asking Peter if Jesus pays taxes. And he said, yes. And when he was come into the house, Jesus prevented him or stopped him saying, well, what do you think, Simon? Hmm? This is always a teaching moment for Jesus. Huh? And it's good because if you can understand these things, you won't think faith is an accident or something that happens every once in a while. You'll be able to live by faith. And so he says, what do you think, Simon, of who do the kings of the earth take custom or tribute of their own children or of strangers? Peter said to him, of strangers. And Jesus says, then are the children free. In other words, Jesus is saying this. If I were a stranger in this world, I would have to pay taxes. I would be subject to taxes. But my father owns everything. I'm a child of God. I'm not obligated. But Jesus said this. We don't want to offend anybody, so we're going to pay our taxes. We're not going to exercise our right not to pay taxes. That's why God said, render unto Caesar what's Caesar's and unto God what's God's. You don't get so holy, you don't have to pay Uncle Sam. You understand what I'm saying? (laughs) Even though you're not obligated for the debt, but guess who's obligated for the debt? God is. He pays your bills. He'll give you tax money. He'll give you money to live off. He'll give you an income. So that's what Jesus is saying. We're children of God. We actually live by a higher law, and we're not really subject to tax. But just so we don't rub anybody the wrong way, we'll pay Caesar's a little chump change. And he talked to the father about how to get the money. That's a secret that Jesus knew that he's given to us, folks. Go to the father for what you need. The Bible says, make your request known to God. If you need anything, let him know what it is that you need. And he said, notwithstanding, lest we should offend them, go to the sea, cast in a hook, take up the fish that first comes up. When you have a need, God sends it to you immediately. The first thing that appears that looks like it came from God, grab it. Don't wait for a confirmation. Don't wait for another sign. Don't get 15 prayer warriors to bombard heaven all night to pay your gas bill. Just go down and open the fish's mouth. I'm going to read it again because people don't think it's in English. Now, I'm going to read from the New Interesting Ghetto Version, the New Interesting Stupid Version, and the New Interesting Every People Version in Spanish, in Hebrew, and Latin, and Greek, and Aramaic so that we will all understand. He says here, notwithstanding... Lest we should offend them. God does not want your creditors offended, okay? 
Them people is upset when they got to chase you down to every phone number you got listed on there. None of them work anymore. Then they call in your mom's house trying to find out where you'd have left 15 years ago, and they still look at them. People are offended, okay? You didn't use their stuff, spent their money, promised to pay it back, and they ain't getting their duckies. So, so you don't offend anybody. God says he will pay your bills for you. And he will pay them on time, pay them full. Now, I know we got little issues here. I know what you're thinking. I would like to believe that, but the last time God sent me money, I didn't do what I was supposed to do with it. But guess what? He knew you weren't going to do what you were supposed to do with it. And he sent it anyway. How cool is that? And guess what? This he getting ready to fish mouth, you get ready to open now, you probably going to take part of that for dresses and shoes too. And he knows that. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. What kind of group are we talking to? Are y'all the people who believe you have to do everything right all the time before God will bless you? In the wrong meeting. This is for believers who live on earth, who got flesh to deal with, who can't resist temptation sometimes, who done maxed out the card for the umpteen time and looking for that other one, and you know you can't pay this one you got? Huh? Huh? Is it, I'm in the right room? Hello? Uh, that's for you. It's for everybody. The fish's mouth could be your mailbox. You can go down there and look in and see, and somebody, internal revenue, <laughs> infernal revenue. We took too much money out of your taxes, incorrect tax. We audited, and we found that we owe you. And guess what? It's just enough to pay that bill with some mad money left over so you can get crazy again like you want to get. Huh? I mean, it's good to be faithful. Don't get me wrong. But suppose you're not. Are you excluded? Huh? When you set a table for your family to eat and your children come and eat, there's always little Henry that will never take out the garbage when you tell him. He talks back. He gets D's and F's and E's. <laughs> Not excellent. They just went off to, you know, they just couldn't get low enough for little Henry to give him a grade. And it's suspended most of the time. Do you not feed little Henry with the rest of the children? So don't tell me God won't bless only, you know, real faithful people. Uh, them people don't exist. There's us, the blood bought, the blood washed, doing the best we can, tempted sometimes, pulled away sometimes, in trouble financially because we messed up the last money God gave us. Hello? But you can repent, and you can still believe for the fish's mouth to open whenever you have a need. God, they're getting ready to foreclose on me. They're getting ready to sit me out on the street. I need your help today. And somebody calls. Is everything okay? Well, I was praying for you. Is, is, is well, to be honest with you, huh? And there's a the fish's mouth. It's just that easy. It's a phone call. It's the mailbox. 
It's a friend. It's a relative. It's an unction. Sometimes God will tell you to talk to somebody about it. And then help will come. You understand what I'm saying? These things are real, folks. These miracles are real. You only have to mix your faith with the word and say, now is my time. So if now is your time, why don't you come up and get prayer? Because I know it's God's time too. He wants to perform miracles for us, folks. He wants to get you what you need so you have to wait no longer for what you need from the Lord. Why don't you put some music on back there? Thank you, Jesus. I want you to come on up, and those of you who need prayer, I want you to come on up and Pastor Shirley's going to start on one end, I will on the other. We're going to pray for you, and won't hold you long, hopefully.
He cares less about the economy. He cares less about cap and crunch and caps and trade and caps and tax and caps and crunch. He cares less about clunkers for drunkers and trade and stuff. He's a God of abundance and rain. Trip, 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 trip. I hear it, I hear it, I hear the sound of abundance and rain. And it reaches a flood, and it reaches your house, and it reaches your purse. It's abundance of rain, it's abundance of rain. We serve a God of abundance and abundance of abundance of rain. It's coming. Coming to my people. It's coming to my people. Sow in the midst of famine as Isaac did, and you'll reap a hundredfold in the season of famines because you live in the land of abundance. Don't forget it. Your abundance, abundance. You serve a God who is never broke. And if you go broke, he'll make it for you. He can make anything he created this earth. And he will give it to his kids. We get it first. I said abundance is coming. Abundance is coming. Don't believe the lies that you see on the TV. Abundance is coming to the people of God. Abundance is coming to the people of God. I hear it. Drip, 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 drip. The sound of 